following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. MSP North, Episode 1, interviews with White House's Caleb Cook, Rossview's Justin Woods, Players of the Week, all that and more coming up next. This is the MSP North Podcast, covering high school sports in Robertson and Montgomery Counties. Now, here are your hosts, Blaine Keller and Brady McAtemney. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of the MSP North Podcast. My name is Brady McAtemney. I am the sports editor of Main Street Clarksville, and I got a special, I, I was going to say guest, but he's really a co-host now. Um, he, he, it seems like he's been a guest. He's been a freelancer with us for the past couple of years. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, guys. Blaine Keller here, a sports reporter now with the Robertson County Connection. Been been at it for a couple months. Really enjoy it. Um, but, you know, I'm very familiar with Montgomery County as well. I spent the past couple of years freelancing, as Brady mentioned, and uh, really excited to be covering kind of these two counties in this podcast. Absolutely. It should be a blast. Uh, you'll, you'll probably recognize me from uh, doing the Coach Speak podcast with Zach Womble, and we did Full Court Press last year. Um, because our teams are no longer matched up, we decided that Zach would take the Full Court Press name and kind of do his own thing with it. And, uh, you know, since if you get on, if you get on I-24 uh, headed north from Nashville, you'll run into Robertson County and Montgomery County. So why not call it the MSP North podcast, right? I think it I think it suits us very well. So we're going to be talking all things Montgomery County and Robertson County sports here, especially right now with basketball season really in uh, in full swing. Yeah, you know it's really exciting, um, especially this time of year. You know Robertson County is a great sports centric you know community with with high school sports, but whenever you look at Montgomery County, it's really basketball and the spring sports. I think that that shine, and you look at last year and the state tournament runs from Clarksville really show that. Yeah, absolutely. So very exciting, and uh, let's get into it with episode one. So here on the MSP North podcast, uh, there's a little segment that we're going to like to do called uh, One Thing. Uh, This is where we're going to just, you know, grab a couple teams um, and just kind of tell you one thing about them. One thing that really sticks out to them that we've seen, you know, the last couple times we've seen them. Um, And I think this is going to be a fun little engaging thing to talk about. And it's going to really help us cover um, a lot of bases with these teams. So, Blaine, why don't you kick us off with our first one thing? Yeah. So first things first. Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and talk about the game I was at last night, White, White House Heritage. Their girls team, they started the season three and nine, but turning the schneid, as some would say, they've turned it around with, with some confidence and their press defense. Uh, after a big 54 to 52 win over Fairview, they're now seven and 11. So, you know, what was a really tough and difficult, you know, obviously not exciting start to the season, they've really turned things around here, you know, at the midway point. Yeah, definitely a nice little turnaround for uh, White House Heritage there. Uh, I'm going to be talking about the uh, Northeast Girls Basketball Program. Uh, this is a team that's got a lot of talent, um, but they kind of lack consistency right now. Um, they just got their second win of the season. It's, it's pretty incredible that we're in January, and they're only getting their second win for a team that has players like Sierra Bowser and Chrisani Mitchell. Um, 
So I really want to see consistency out of them. That's really my my biggest thing with them is uh, they'll have some games where they look, yeah, you know, very solid. They just beat West Creek, who is, you know, kind of a little bit of an, I don't want to say necessarily up and coming because they still got a long way to go, but definitely a much improved program. Um, so getting that win is definitely good for them. Um, but they do have some games where they just, you know, don't really show up. So I'd like to see more consistency from that Northeast basketball program. And, you know, with Northeast, uh, they lost to West Creek last year, right? That's right. They did lose a game to West Creek last year. So get a little bit of vengeance there, I guess. You know, you talk about the consistency, but at least they're making progress. Uh, from, from that to, you know, maybe a game that a lot of people won't have their eyes on on Friday, but the Greenbrier boys basketball team is a sight to see. 16-1 and one on the season, winners of 14 straight games after a 69-44 win at Westmoreland last night. They have a chance to move to 17-1. and one. You, Montgomery Central admittedly not the best team in that district, but you know this would be the first time for Greenbrier to hit 17 wins since 2018. There's still a lot of seasons left to play, too. Their depth and their defense uh, has definitely helped them, and I think They've been challenged a couple of times against some some teams in that district, but they, they've definitely held on with their depth and defense. Yeah, really impressive what Greenbrier has done this season. You know, you don't necessarily think of them as a basketball school, but um, they've had themselves a really nice season. Um, next team I want to talk about is the uh, Northwest Vikings boys basketball team. Um, they really got off to a rough start uh, of the season. Um one in, I believe, I believe they're one and eleven at this moment. Their their schedules aren't necessarily always up to date online, um, but point remains, uh, they've only got one win after losing Mitri Moss from last year. Um, but just recently, they've gotten a couple players back in uh, Caleb Patterson, a guard, and Joshua Youngblood, a big man. Um, and those two guys, they just they bring talent to a team that needs it. They've got good players all around, but they just kind of need to be able to mesh. And adding two guys like them um, really gives them a chance to be kind of a scrappier team, to hang with some teams. They had a pretty close game against West Creek. Actually played Clarksville pretty close. Um, so I, I could see Northwest, if if they can really you know get things together quickly here over the last couple of weeks, I could see them giving some teams a little bit of trouble. Um, and those returning players would be a big reason because of that. I, I guess it was three years ago. I was uh, actually doing PA announcing for Northwest Junior Varsity Basketball. This was my first <laughs> ever gig um, with anyone, you know, and um, Joshua Youngblood was on that Junior Varsity team. I, I don't think I saw him play at all last year, but he definitely was a guy to, you know, a sight to behold. He, he played mm-hmm. a little bit of varsity and played a lot of Junior Varsity for that team a couple of years ago, along with Marcus Ferrier. But, uh, you know, for, for my guys, you know, East Robertson boys, shout out to them, holding district opponents to 40 points per game on average. Uh, 4-0 start in the district and a 57-41 win against Knowledge Academies last night. You talk about Taylor Groves and, and you talk about kind of what, what he's been able to do, but obviously the defense is making strides. If you're keeping your district foes to 40 points a game, you're doing something right. And I think Kurt Caton's guys are really – turning it on at the right point of the season, uh, still unbeaten in District 8A. Yeah, and I, I want to talk real quick about the Clarksville Academy girls basketball team. This is a team that really has um, – they've been a very good program the last couple of years. Um, you know, they've, they've done that on the back of players like Sidney Boykin, Diamond Bryant. Um, but this year they're kind of lacking that go-to dominant for 
worse ball handling. Ataya Moss is a very good basketball player. She's a very good scorer. Um, but we haven't necessarily seen her take over the way um, some of the previous Clarksville Academy players have. Um, and, and because of that, I want to talk about their defense. Um, they've they played a pretty good game against Nashville Christian last week on Tuesday, uh, but they allowed 59 points in that game. And um, when they're allowing that many points, they're just not going to win very many games um, because they're not necessarily an offensive team. So it, for them, it's really going to be all about clamping up. They got some very good defenders, um, players like uh, Satara Warren is. I believe she's six two. Um, you don't really see a lot of that in uh, in girls high school basketball, especially in um, Division two A. Um, Shay Khan, very good defender. Uh, Savannah Prather, uh, Atai Moss, very good defender. So they have a lot of good defensive players. Um, they just need to, you know, you want to see them all come together for these games. Um, and they and they have a chance to still make noise in that district. Um, you know, they they've won the district many times in the past. Um, and I still think that they do have a chance to potentially be better than Good Pasture and Nashville Christian. Um, of course, they've already lost one of those games to Nashville Christian, so it's going to really come down to those Good Pasture games as well as getting that, that second win against uh, Nashville Christian. Uh, but I do like Clarksville Academy if they can play that consistent, good, solid defense. Hey, you know, Good Pasture is a pretty tall task, and in girls basketball this year, I'm pretty sure 12 and 8 on the season and undefeated in district play, but. You know, one of the, the last team that I want to talk about for our one thing segment is a team that plays Clarksville Academy quite a bit, and that's uh, the Joe Burns boys, Red Devils. Uh, Kenny Tolliver scored 23 points and had six rebounds in last night's district win over STEM Prep Academy. Joe Burns has struggled a lot on the offensive side of the ball from the boys' side this year. They, they lost Jaden Kyra uh, from last year, and he went to Ball State. But there are a lot of games where they'll shoot under 40% from the field, they're a really good free throw shooting team, but but they haven't been able to figure it out from the field. There's just a lot of inconsistency on offense, but last week they, they held it close with East Robertson in the district, and that was only a four-point loss. So, you know, you, you'd like to see guys like Kenny Tolliver and maybe Jacob Miller, Taylor Head kind of step up offensively in this last portion of the season to, to get their offensive efficiency up. Yeah, and the last team I'm going to talk about here is uh, the Rossview Hawks boys basketball team. Um, they started the season off a little bit inconsistent. They had a really close losses, uh, two points to Columbia Central, three points to Andersonville, two points to Cheatham, uh, seven points to Hunters Lane, and nine points to Dobbins Bennett, and two other losses to Beach and CPA. But there's not really any shame in losing to programs like that. Um, but they've really been winning some games lately. They just lost to Clarksville High. Um, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but they've got Messiah Ward back. And Messiah Ward, uh, he was gone throughout the holidays, um, but he is, he's a bit of a game changer. Uh, and when he's on, he's one of the better scorers in this county. Um, he's, he's become a very good leader for that basketball team, as uh, head coach Johnny Jackson has told me. He's been very proud of what he's seen from uh, Messiah Ward. And uh, I, I think if, um, if he can continue to be the player that he is, Rossby has a chance to really make some noise. There's a lot going on in Montgomery and Robertson County basketball, and there's still a lot more to cover. Stay tuned for what's next on the MSP North podcast. Welcome back to the MSP North podcast. We're joined today by White House head coach for boys basketball, Caleb Cook. Coach Cook, thank you for taking the time today. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me. So we go back to last week. You guys... Had a little bit of a rough start to the year, one and eleven. But you know, you've won three of your last six games, including a really big one um, at Montgomery Central in overtime. 
Coach, talk to me about the, the past week, you know, starting the new year hot and kind of getting right with, with the young roster. Yes, um, you know, I love to talk um, some of the past. Uh, young roster, but not a lot of experience uh, from those guys that, that we have. So anytime we're able to get to get out there on the floor, um, it's just been a great learning tool for, for us. And I feel like the more we, we play and the more situations that we, we are in uh, night in and night out, the more we learn. And um, that's just kind of what we've been trying to to do each time out and um, as we're getting into the meat of the district schedule um, really trying to see some of those things we struggle with early on in the year kind of click for us. Coach Hook you guys are playing in a brand new district um, only five teams so um, be relatively easy to make the district tournament as long as as well as the region tournament uh, do you guys have any uh, strong preference either way preferring or um, maybe disliking this new uh, this new district grouping that you guys have. You know, um, from where we're sitting right right now, we're the four seed, so that means you know we would get to host the five seed in that play, playing game. And um, as we've learned the last two years, your seeding really doesn't matter all that much. As we've been the two two seed and lost the last two two years in the first round, um, so. We're just trying to take it game by game, and what happens, happens, and what seed we finish, we'll, uh, we'll prepare for our opponent either way. And, you know, of course, you know, we, we want to win each, each time out, but uh, what's good about this sport is it's a, it's a tournament sport, and everybody's zero and zero when you, you know, tip it there in the tournament, and anything can happen. So uh, we, of course, just want to keep winning and see what happens. Coach, when you look at tournament play, obviously a team like yours could cause some noise whenever you think about your shooters and the fact that you guys can really light it up behind the three-point arc. Two of your guys, younger guys, Zane Brown and Ryan Worrell, you know, Ryan had 25 against Creekwood, but you know, how important do you think those guys maybe are in the grand scope of things whenever you're trying to turn the corner on the season and get ready for tournament play? You know, those, those two guys um... – Zane played quite a bit last year as a sophomore, and and Ryan even played some the second half of the of the season as a freshman. So those two guys coming in this year were two of our three most experienced players we had. So they've been in some of those fires, you know, with la- last year's team and early on this year. And we kind of go as they go. Um, not that they have to do it all themselves, but um, you know, when Zane's able to hit hit shots from the outside and Ryan's able to get, you know, to the rim and collapse that, that defense and score from the outside and at the rim, it just makes us a better team. And, um, you know, Ryan has a motor to where, you know, he's playing hard every possession regardless of the score. And some, sometimes he makes some young mistakes, but we can live with those and, uh, He's very coachable, and he wants to learn, and he wants the ball in his hands. And um, when when Zane's on the floor, he's he's a threat to, to score around the block. And we try to post him some, and then uh, he's also our highest percentage shooter from the outside. So those those two guys are great to have around, and they want to win, and uh, they play hard each time out. You guys have a lot of games that have been decided by, you know, as few as two points and, you know, kind of in the, you know, eight to 11 range. Um, So a lot of close games for you guys this season, including, uh, as Blaine mentioned, that game against Montgomery Central last week that you won in overtime. 
Uh, do you feel that your guys have gotten more comfortable in those, um, you know, late game, close game situations as the season has gone on? Yes, yeah, so, you know, I, I feel like, like we have. Um, I feel like, again, it just comes back from us being in those scenarios or those close games early on in the season, uh, kind of paying off a little bit. Uh, we won a close game over Moore County over the break, uh, won a close game over Hume Falls right out the first of this month, and then uh, was able to pull that, that one out in a close one-possession game last week. Um, so I feel like those – we, we've been in a lot of different situations where our guys have been thrown in the fire, and um, we lost a lot of those games early in the season. But it was just, you know, we, we gained a lot of experience and a lot of things we need to correct. So now the second half of the season, we're a little more patient, we're calm, uh, we don't panic because we've been there, you know, before. So I think that's starting to pay off some. And coach, we, we've talked about the youth a little bit with your team. You guys have just one senior on roster. And I'm curious, you know, whenever you go through practices and you go through taking lumps and stuff like that, you know, what, what are some of the things that maybe people won't necessarily expect out of a, a team like that whenever you're watching them in practice or, you know, you're just spending time with these guys? With such an inexperienced and young group, what, what are some of the things that surprised you? Well, um, you know, when I was in school and the teams I've been around in the past, what I think we have a good opportunity here at White House this season is our freshmen practice with us. And I think that's huge for our freshmen because they not only have their own freshman schedule where they're playing their own games, but they're getting to interact and go against the older kids in practice. And they're getting, you know, to learn our system and learn our process and how we do things. And it's really kind of pushed our younger kids that play a lot along because it's not like I'm a senior heavy team and there's a big difference from a senior and a freshman when it comes to talent or athletic ability. We have a lot of sophomores and juniors that are playing against young younger kids each day in practice and it works the other way too where those freshmen know they're, they're maybe an injury away or they're maybe the next man up. So I, I think it's worked to our favor that we've kind of we have a lot of competition in practice, and it just pushes our guys to be ready and prepared for it, for anything each day when they step on the floor for practice. And on so Thursday, we, you've got a big matchup against East Robertson. Um, you right. know, you, you guys, just a four-point game in the last meeting. Um, you, but it sounds like you guys are maybe a little bit of a different team in that one. I'm curious, you know, you know big game for bragging rights on Thursday, right? You know, we we didn't shoot the ball particularly well here against them the first time. Uh, we we got down early. We had a bad habit early in the season. We would fall down um, in the first quarter, sometimes seven nothing, ten nothing, twelve twelve two. We we kind of corrected that here over the past few few weeks. Uh, but those guys are extremely athletic, extremely talented. They're big and they're long. Um, so we know the the challenge that is ahead of us, but I do feel like we're a better team than we were then when you know when we played the first first time. I feel like we're uh, um, we're kind of we understand our roles a little better and kind of what our responsibility is each time each player steps on the floor. And uh, I feel like we're, we're playing a little more consistently on the offensive end of the floor, and uh, we tweaked a few things defensively because we are so undersized so 
hopefully we're able to put together a four-quarter game at their place on Thursday. All right, awesome. Well, thank you, Coach Cook from uh, White House High School for joining us today. Best of luck Thursday against East Robertson as long as well as the uh, last couple weeks of the season. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. All right, we welcome in Justin Woods, head coach of the Rossview Lady Hawks, who are currently ranked in the Main Street Preps Fab 15, by the way. Uh, Rossview coming off a huge win against Clarksville High on their rivals' own court. Uh, Justin, why don't you just tell us, uh, one day removed from that win, uh, how you're feeling about it right now? I mean, I feel great about it this morning. Uh, I don't necessarily feel great about the way we played. I mean, we we did not shoot the ball well at all. Um, you know, but I've been doing this a, a long time. This is year number nine at Rossview. And I, I was telling one of my assistant coaches um, this morning that I don't really ever remember leaving, playing over there and feeling good about how we played. I feel like it's always a tough game. You know, and we won a lot over there. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that, but it's we we hardly ever shoot the ball well over there. It's always super physical and floppy because because of the physicality. You know, it's hard to um, to finish a lot of a lot of plays and that that kind of thing. So, um, you know, while I'm frustrated, you know, it feels good to know that we we found a way to get that one last night, and you know, we have another game at you know at our place against them in the regular season, and then we're hosting the district tournament. So just getting that one on the road last night, knowing what we have coming, um, you know, I think just it sets everything up well for us, you know, for, for our goals for the for the season. And, Coach, it seemed like it was a crazy ending to that game, a little bit, a lot of turnovers and a lot of drama there. How proud of you maybe were you, the girls, you know, kind of battling through all the adversity that maybe came in those closing moments? Yeah, you know, that's what I told the girls after uh, – after the game in the locker room was that I think a team that wasn't as mentally tough as we are probably could have easily let that game get away, you know, because they, they snatched the momentum very quickly. You know, we were up seven, um, you know, and I thought we took a bad quick three from the corner and transition, you know, that we, we just didn't need to take with the time and score there. You know, if we take that shot in the first quarter, I'm, I'm great with it. Um, but you know, with the time and score being what it was, I mean, it was less than three minutes and we, we had a pretty tight lead. Um, you know, that leads to a, a kind of a run out for them. Then, um, you know, Amari goes crazy. We turn it over in the press a couple of times. Um, but we were able to, you know, kind of refocus, you know, get ourselves together. And, you know, I think we had to get three stops in a row, you know, up one, <laughs> um, you know, to, to, to feel it. And we were able to do that, you know, so um, I think you have to be proud of your, of your team's toughness. You know, I, I can't really say enough. I know Sydney made some cr- clutch free throws down the stretch. Um, you know, Lacey Edwards was ele- uh, seven for seven at the free throw line in, in the second half, um, scored all 11 of her points in the second half. Aubrey Padgett gets in the tooth knocked out um, in the early in the third quarter, comes back in and plays, just unbelievable for us. Got some huge rebounds, dove on the floor, you know, without a tooth um, in the fourth quarter. You know, just those kind of toughness plays, man. You know, it's it just, as you reflect on them, it just makes you very proud of, of our group. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Sydney DeRoche there. Uh, obviously, the uh, the city has a lot of very good basketball players right now. You, you know, people will hear a lot about Amari Berry, uh, Tamia Scott, 
But Cindy's a Division One player herself, committed to Eastern Illinois. Uh, you joked kind of Rossview North at this point. Um, tell us about the uh, the progression that you've seen from Sydney, um, both as a player but also as a leader for uh, for your program. Yeah, I definitely think she's she's been a leader. I think that's probably been her biggest um, step forward from last year. Um, you know, I think the girls look to her now um, to make big plays in those moments. And, you know, we struggled in the second quarter when she went out with foul trouble and we only scored two points in the second quarter. Um, you know, and I think, yes, she, she scores for us, but we just run so much through her. Um, you know, she's a lot of times she's setting her teammates up or she's drawing a double team or, you know, she helps handle the ball, gets pressure. I mean, she just does so many different things. Her versatility, I think, is her, her biggest strength. Um, you know, but I think because, you know, you hear so much about Amari, you hear so much about Tamia, you know, I think she kind of has a little bit of a chip on her shoulder. So when we play those teams, um, you know, I think she loves those big moments because of it. Um, you know, and I think I personally, I, I like a player with a chip on their shoulder, you know, with something to prove. I think they always seem to have that little extra edge, um, you know, and I thought when we had to have plays made last night, you know, she she came up big for us. And Coach Sydney finished with 16 last night. And, you know, Brady mentioned Clarksville, or Clarksville North for Eastern Illinois. Uh, Carly Pace, before transferring back to Austin P. Uh, after signing with Eastern Illinois, spent a couple of years there. Uh, I'm kind of curious, you know, in your mind, if they haven't played one-on-one yet this season, who would you take in a one-on-one match and why? <laughs> oh, man, you put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> uh, that's tough, you know, but I think uh, I think I'd probably have to go with Carly just for the experience, um, you know, and, and knowing her the way I do, I, I don't think I've ever coached a more competitive kid than Carly Pace. Um, she from the time she stepped on the floor as a freshman, um, just never shied away from a big moment. Tough as nails. Um, just always made big shots. Um, always wanted to challenge, you know, anybody in front of her. You know, and I think, you know, if you <laughs> if I had to pick somebody, I mean, that would be tough. But I'd probably have to go with Carly just because, I, you know, I think she grew up in a family of mostly boys. and um you know, she, she grew up competing with them, and I, I think that that's kind of helped shape who she is. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if you're playing checkers or chess or basketball or whatever. She, she's trying to she's trying to cut your throat. You know, she's, she, wants to, she wants to win no matter what. So I, I think I'd probably have to go with her. Hey, that sounds like a Rossview basketball player to me. And, uh, you know, we talked earlier <laughs> this season, and I asked you if you thought your team had anything that you – you know, you didn't like about it. Um, and you said, you know, not really. Um, this team has a lot of really good things going for it. But I want to hear what you think is is Rossview's biggest strength this season. You know, I think going into last night, I probably would have said, you know, our shooting. <laughs> um, you know, we, we shot 25% from the, for the game. We shot 11% from three. Um, we shot 68% at the free throw line. Um, you know, I... <laughs> So going in, I guess I would probably have to say just our um, our balance. Um, you know, I think it's hard to key on one person. Yes, you know, Sydney is a big time, you know, player for us, and she's you know she's a Division One signee. But 
um, you know, I don't think you can just sit on Sydney and, and think that that's going to stop us, really. You know, um, like I said, Lacey had a big game last night. Aubrey Padgett usually um, lights out from behind the arc. Um, E.B. Darnell gets, you know, gets a lot of bu- buckets around the basket. Tori James gets, you know, any kind of rebounds he wants pretty much around the rim. Um, gets a lot of putbacks for us. So, um, you know, I think our defense helps. You know, I, I'd say that's, that's definitely a strength. Um, you know, I think we frustrated them a lot last night, um, and we frustrated a lot of teams that we played really outside of Henry County. And um, I, I think, you know, it would have to be one of those two things, our balance on offense or, you know, just our overall team defense. We rotate and help each other really well. And, Coach, you mentioned Aubrey Padgett lost the tooth last night. And, you know, that just kind of shows, like you said, the physicality of that game and a big rivalry at Clarksville. Have you ever had something like that happen to a player before? You know, and which tooth was it? <laughs> uh, it was a top front tooth. I mean, she she looked like a, she looked like a hockey player when she came to the bench. Um, but, I mean, I've had some pretty crazy things happen, um, you know, bloody noses and um you know i think that's the first i think that's the first time i've ever seen a tooth get knocked out um you know i've, I've seen you know get diving on the floor and bust your chin on the um on the floor um i've seen several acls unfortunately um but no never anything like that where <laughs> you know, the, the tooth is just broken and, and you know she's spitting it out on the bench you know that that was a, that was a first <laughs> yeah, and, and I remember someone going and carrying that tooth off the floor as uh, she was walking to the bench. It was it was definitely a sight in uh, what was definitely a crazy game. Um, but Justin, thank you so much for yeah. joining us today. Um, really appreciate you, um, and best of luck uh, for uh, the these next couple weeks going into the district tournament. Thanks, I appreciate you guys having me on. I appreciate um, you guys covering high school sports. You know, I think it's. Uh, it's definitely great for the for these kids, and it's great for our community. And um, you know, I I certainly am a huge fan of, of high school sports. You know, not just basketball, but um, you know, I, I may try to make sure all my kids play team sports. And you know, I just think it does so much for kids' development. You know, and the fact that you guys help give them recognition. You know, I'm I'm very appreciative of that. Let's move into our Player of the Week segment. We're going to take a look at these past couple games that we've seen, uh, choose some players that have really uh, shown out for us, uh, see who's been kind of the best of the bunch. Um, Blaine, why don't you uh, give us our first player? Yeah, so to start off, we'll go on the boys' side. I've talked a little bit about Joe Burns this week, but yeah, I think Jacob Miller, Kenny Tolliver, Taylor Head, those guys are all, all pretty impressive, and Jacob Miller's one of those. In the last three games, he's averaged 13 points, eight rebounds, and two assists. Uh, like you know, I, I mentioned it earlier, a struggling offense, uh, but it clicks whenever he's working down low. He's a great free throw shooter. Uh, he had 18 earlier this week in a district game, and I think whenever you've got a big man combo of Kenny Tolliver and Jacob Miller, you need to feed those guys down low, and that helped the Red Devils this week go two and one. Yeah, uh, I mean, teams who can play big in high school almost seem to have advantages much of the time. Um, now that said, I'm going to go with the guard. Um, <laughs> uh, J.J. Wheat, man. I mean, this guy is just such a good player. I, I, this is my third year watching him, and it seems like every single year, man, he's just one of the best players every time he's out there on the floor. Uh, we talked with uh, Justin Woods about that Rossview-Clarksville game. Um, but on the boys' side, 
the uh, Clarksville boys got that win, and J.J. Wheat was a huge reason why. Um, in that game against Rossview, he had 24 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, and a block. Um, and this is against a Rossview team that's got some size, so getting that many rebounds, that um, just kind of goes to show how smart he is as a player, how athletic he is. Um, and that was after having kind of a rough game against Northwood, or I'm sorry, <laughs> Northwest. Uh, I, I'm mixing up Northwood, or Northwest and Kenwood. Um, but uh, he, he had a kind of a rough game against Northwest last week, and uh, Ted Young was telling me that after that game, uh, JJ called him up um, and said, you know, I want to get in the gym. So they've been in the gym at 6 a.m. before school every day just working on stuff. Um, and that just kind of goes to show how hard of a worker that J.J. Wheat is. Um, he's going to be playing college basketball a year from now. At this rate, we're going to come up with a pretty good all Montgomery Robertson girls slash boys basketball team. I've got another big man down low for the girls' side, Kinsley Carruthers of White House Heritage. Uh, forward averages nine points and six rebounds on the season, but in each of her last six games, she's reached double figures. Hit a career-high 24 uh, a couple weeks ago and had 16 in a 54-52 to win against Fairview. Uh, as I mentioned, the Lady Patriots have won four of six. They're 7-11 and 11 now. And even without Claire King for a portion of that, uh, the Bethel softball signing has really shined in kind of a press-style defense. Yeah, and I, I usually like to pick players um, from different programs, from different schools, um, you know, just to kind of mix things up a little bit, get more – get more fan bases involved. Um, but I feel like my arm is kind of twisted here. <laughs> um, and I'm going to go with Amari Berry uh, from Clarksville High. The sophomore, um, I know she just uh, lost last night against Rossview. Um, but even in that game, she was the leading scorer um, with 18 points. She hit three huge three-pointers in the fourth quarter to get her team from being behind by a couple possessions to up a point. Um, and... And then that's not even to mention the game she had against Northwest last week on Thursday. Uh, Northwest is a team that she hadn't beaten yet in her high school career. Of course, they've got Tamia Scott, who is a uh, Middle Tennessee State signee. Um, and Amari Berry just casually dropped 25 points in that game, made seven three-pointers, um, outplayed Tamia Scott. Um, you know, that's that's a big thing to say because of how good Scott is. But Amari Berry, she's just... Um, she's just a different beast. She's just uh, so much fun to watch, and I, I've I, I, I got to give her my player of the week for this week. Well, Brady, let, let's transition from that into our games of the week uh, this week. And we talked with Coach Cook about it a little bit, but I think Thursday night's going to be the biggest game of the week in the Robertson County area, and that, that's East Robertson White House. It was, as I mentioned, a four-point game the last time these two teams met. It's always a fun matchup, and whenever you've got guys like Zane Brown, Ryan Worrell, and Taylor Groves, someone's bound to go off. Mm -hmm. And we mentioned that Worrell scored 25 against Creekwood in his last game. Zane Brown can get 20 anytime he wants. They're both averaging near 18 points on the season. And, of course, Taylor Groves, Ole Miss signee, one of the most prolific scorers. I don't want to say in East Robertson basketball history because there's a lot of history there, but at least in recent memory. Yeah, I'm going to be looking on uh, the girls' side for my player or my game of the week, rather, this week. Um, I'm looking at Northwest versus Henry County. Uh, Henry County um, is has really been surprisingly very good this season. They've already beaten Rossview, who we've established as a very good basketball team. Um, this game is going to have pretty decent implications on uh, the Region 7 as a whole, um, especially District 14, where Henry County and Northwest are really the two top teams. Um, we figure, you know, it's going to be these two teams plus Clarksville and Rossview on uh, the other side in District 13. 
Um, so big district implications on the girls' side between Henry County and Northwest. This is going to be at Northwest on Tuesday. And that is going to do it for episode one of the MSP North podcast. Uh, we thank you guys for joining us. Um, it is always a pleasure. Um, Blaine's, <laughs> this is Blaine's MSP debut on the podcast um, for his, his own podcast, I believe. He might have, he might have guessed uh, on, on some other ones, guest starred. But uh, we really appreciate you guys, and uh, we look forward to talking to you next week. You've been listening to the MSP North podcast your exclusive home for high school sports in Robertson and Montgomery counties with your host, Blaine Keller and Brady McAtamney. For more on high school sports in Middle Tennessee, visit MainStreetPreps.com.